0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.
1: Can paranormal events follow you all your life? Can a demon be trapped in a mirror? Is there a hell? Well, hello there and welcome to the 439th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul and Ben, as you know, is probably in the midst of his... College commute from Boston, and Will has always tried to call in from the train. If you just heard that weather forecast, it's a pretty decent day. The poor tyke has had nothing but snow, flood, rain, hail during most of his semester, and today's an exception to that, so good for him. We have an unusual guest this evening, not that they're not all unusual, and he is in line with our tradition of talking with people who have had extraordinary and life-changing experiences, but are not necessarily among the big names in paranormal research. And Tonight's guest has just written a book about his extraordinary life, A Haunted Soul, A True Story of One Man's Struggle with the Paranormal, uh, written by our guest, Jason Dowd, and his co-author, John Greenberg. Jason Dowd was born in Bristol, Connecticut. He graduated from the Land Lakes High School in Florida in 1997 and continued his education and training at ITT Technical Institute in Tampa. Though he dabbles in many art mediums, Jason is an award-winning photographer. In 2003, he founded Dowd Studios and the following year began editing videos for various bands. He has worked with some of the biggest names in the music industry. His art has been displayed in galleries around the nation, and he has made many radio and television appearances. His new book, as I say, Haunted Soul, a true story of one man's struggle with the paranormal. Jason and his wife, Fran, live in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Jason Dowd, welcome to Behind the Paranormal.
2: Thank you guys for having me on.
1: Certainly. Jason, uh, it's hard to know where to begin with you. Why don't you just sort of give us your basic story?
2: Well, uh, for the paranormal aspect of it, it started in 1986. I was actually born on November 1st, and uh, it was October 31st on Halloween when I had my first experience, and that was over at the Green Lady Cemetery in uh, Burlington, Connecticut. I know it well. Ever since... Yes, it's a great it's a great cemetery, but unfortunately it's been it's been severely abused throughout the years. I mean, I don't even think there's a stone standing anymore, and the last time that there was one standing there, which was it actually was the, the alleged um, Green Lady's Green Lady cemetery's ghost, uh her grave, I guess I just heard that it had been stolen. So, you know, if it wasn't haunted before, it's definitely haunted now. But um yeah, that was my first experience with a ghost and then it kinda it kinda grew on that because everywhere I went after after that I um I could see I could see energies, I could feel people's energies, I could I could see things that I shouldn't have known about people and that kind of that kinda got to me a little bit and then I got to see other spirits and I started wondering gee, do these people see it too? So I kinda like backed away from people. And then in nineteen ninety three I had a demonic experience down here in Florida. It was shortly after I moved here. I moved here in nineteen ninety
1: okay all right let 's uh, let 's start at the beginning. Uh, I, I unfortunately did not have a chance to read your book because it arrived relatively um, well so, late enough so i wouldn 't have a chance to read it and I know that that 's nobody 's fault it 's just you know I have piles of things to read on my desk and anyway, uh, but I did notice that you do seem to have a very different interpretation of paranormal events than we do. And I don't question your experiences or those of any other guest because you were there and we weren't, so who knows. And we could certainly be wrong in our interpretation. But let's start with the Green Lady Cemetery. Now, I found out about that through uh, my old mentors, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are well-known, particularly on the East Coast, as probably the grandfather and grandmother of modern, quote-unquote, ghost hunting, unquote. And, um, you know, what one can interpret there. Uh, actions and and methods and theories in many ways, but which I will not attempt to do here, but that 's how I heard about it. Um, these pl- cemeteries, as you say unfortunately have have great histories very often and are abused because people find out or think they th- that they're haunted or this kind of thing. Here in Rhode Island uh, we had the the uh, vampire incidents of the uh, 1800s and early, you know, the 1700s which actually were cases of mis mis I don't know, in my in my opinion sort of misinterpreted medical conditions, but stones have been stolen and everything as you say. So uh, getting to the, the Green Lady Cemetery I believe it's in uh, Burlington, Connecticut. Yes, correct, yeah, but right okay. on the border. All right, so, so tell us, well, let's start by you telling us about your first experience, and that was in that cemetery. What exactly happened?
2: Well, at first it, it, I didn't really realize what type of haunting it was. I was still kind of young, so I didn't really know any of the stories, and none of my family really believed in hauntings at all. So they never talked about it. They just told me it was is allegedly haunted. And uh, when I was there, I actually saw a green mist of a figure just turned itself into like this this vintage woman. I mean, from like the 1700s or, or early 1800s. Didn't say anything. Wasn't a scary ghost at all. Actually, it was very pleasant. And um, but it kind of startled me because you know you see something that you shouldn't be seeing, and you're kind of in shock. Sure. And then it came. It came up to the wall that was that I was outside of this wall. And as I got as I got got up to the wall, it disappeared. It pointed at me and just disappeared. And I never saw the ghost again.
1: What makes now, you think? Uh, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Uh, the other thing that that has happened to me because I used to go back there all the time to try to find it again is that I would get like this blood rush feeling. You know, the, the feeling like you're kind of like in a daze. You got that. You got that dizzy feeling, and just uh, you're just a not right feeling. And I would get that the minute I would walk into that wall, uh, walk across the, the 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 wall to go into the state in, into the um, into the cemetery, and it would not leave until I physically left the cemetery wall. Once I did that, then I felt better. But there's been a lot of stories about, about the different, the different sightings. Everybody, there's been a, there's been about four or five different sightings, but everybody seems to have, um, there's been a lot of, of each particular story to kind of back it up.
1: Okay. What, what, what did this figure look like? Was she wearing clothes or could you see a human, I mean, as you say, vintage, uh, so obviously she was wearing yeah, clothes. She was, right.
2: Yeah. She was wearing very, very, uh, It's kind of hard to describe, but if you were to look at kind of like a, um, like a, like a Les Miserables or something like that, you know, something very period to the time, she had like a long dress on, it was very, you know, dignified, she, uh, she, she had a hat on, uh, like a bonnet, and, uh, you know, just very, very classy, you know, like the long, long hair, but it was kind of like in, in uh pigtails, I guess you could say the ones that the curly the curly hair that comes down to the side and falls to the side of your face and stuff like that for 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 a woman
0: back then
1: all right one of the questions we always asking, and we 're probably the only ones asking this lately anyway, although it seems to be spreading uh, what, when I would have experiences like that and i 've been at this for forty two years, uh, starting when I was in the seminary, which did not endear me to the seminary authorities, um, I began to ask myself, why are we seeing these People in clothing and, you know, in, in physical forms and doing daily things even sometimes when if they are really the spirits of dead people as opposed to the actual people themselves in a parallel time or world. That, has that thought ever occurred to you? What makes you think this was the spirit of a dead person? Was well, that the only there's explanation?
2: Things. There's a couple things that it could be. I mean, it could very well be a uh, residual haunting. You know, this was her, ha- this was her, her yard at one point in time.
3: Yeah, that so I was going to say that. To her there. Yeah.
2: So, you know, that, that's a different thing, you know, where as most, most cemeteries I go to, I don't really get anything at all. And, you know, so that, that's why people say, well, why would they want to be with their bodies? But sometimes, you know, if there is a, uh, like a murder or something that happens where they die suddenly and they don't really know that they're dead, there could be that they're, that they stay connected to their body because they don't understand. But that's only a theory. You know, that's nothing that I can say. Okay, that's for that's 100 you know correct. We don't know what happened. But on the other hand, this could be very well a residual haunting because she actually lived at the place for a while. This was her backyard. You know, her her house was just on the other side of, of where she was buried. And then there's also a theory behind her that she was murdered. They found her. They found her at a swamp around just a little ways away from her house. From what I have read. Everybody thought she was a very well, you know, a very gifted swimmer. So for her to just be floating in this water dead from drowning does not make sense. They, uh, they didn't have, they didn't really have your type of, uh, autopsies like they have today. Right. So, you know, there was really no cause of death. They could, they, there, there's no strangulation marks. There was no, um, there's no bruises. There's no nothing on her body to, to to show that there was a struggle. So they can only prove that she, they can only prove that she was drowned. But I guess from what I uh, from what I read in this other book, um, uh, "Haunted Connecticut," which kind of showed a whole bunch of different uh, theories and stuff, they said that upon her husband being uh, being uh, buried next to her is when all this started to happen. So there's a possibility. That's why people are starting to say, and, and I guess in life, when he was alive, people were questioning his his motives and, and if he had any involvement to it at all. Which you know, if she was, if he did physically kill her, and she and he was laid next to her, that could cause that energy to to manifest itself, trying to tell everybody, hey, look, this is who's doing it, and I'm stuck here. I can't rest in peace.
1: Well, those I I don't know. I I never found those theories to be good enough. And ironically, I was. Uh one of the early advocates of this residual haunting theory, and for those who don't know, residual haunting is generally considered, uh, I I think it's something people fall back on because they can't explain things any other way, but uh, it's supposed to be some sort of recording on the environment, and it's played back again and again and again if your brain, which is somewhat like a radio, can pick up the the, the signals of past events, that kind of thing. But I began to question that in uh, 1971, actually, uh, during probably my first, uh, my first case, and it, all these things were taking place. We'd see things like this, uh, Jason. We'd, we'd uh, hear all sorts of things. And I say we, I'm talking my, myself and six other, five other seminary students and a photo expert. And I began to question, uh, a number of things, uh, r- recorded on what? Um, the only thing that was there that had been there at the time were maybe some rocks. Uh, the trees were all different. The soil wasn't even at the same level it was 200 years before. You know, that sort of thing. So um, I began to um, evaluate other experiences that were taking place in, in my work, and it seemed that the only thing that really adequately explained it was a sort of a quantum physics approach. That these these are the real people in bodies and all in parallel worlds where those those times are still taking place because all possibilities and probabilities exist in that in that theory. Maybe that's wrong, but that's always been the best way I've found to explain why. These things are happening, and I, I, and personally, and again, you were there and I wasn't in this particular case. But I just have, I just don't think it's adequate. Uh, you know, all these these uh, people dying and trying to tell people something and all this. Yeah, maybe. But it's interesting that that she seemed to notice you in this first experience, and, and you say she pointed to you. I found mm-hmm. that in many many cases uh that that these entities these people think that we're ghosts haunting them because we're half in their world they're half in ours and they see us like a ghost too did you ever get any impression of that kind or is that a possibility or no
2: oh i believe that could that could actually be a, a possibility i mean at the time i was only about seven to eight years old so i really didn't understand it and ever since i have understood more of the of the paranormal realm it never happened to me again so i could never prove that it was an actual residual type of haunting where the same thing happens over and over again. You know, I have gone there many, many times, and I continue to go there as much as I possibly could, and then I moved to Florida, and so for me to get up there, even as a child, it was not the most uh, economical thing for me to do. So when I did go up in 2008, I did try to to get everything to happen to me again, but it never did.
1: Yeah, if you try, it never happens.
2: uh, Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... I I can only go by with what I saw. I don't actually know what it was. I'm trying to make... I've been trying to make sense of it since I was... uh, You know, since it happened in 1986, 1987. No, I respect that. um, Yeah, so I mean, I I don't really have a true... This is what it is. This is what happened because I've never been able to... I've I've never had the equipment to to go up there and and investigate it. Um, I can only read what other people saw. and, And I actually had other people say the same thing that I did.
3: Sure, yeah. So...
2: You know, that kind of backs me up that I'm not completely losing it. Oh, and no, no. I didn't just see it and, and making up. So that, but see, that's what I was thinking for so many years because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to, uh, to go by. And no, and everybody kept telling me, you know what, ghosts don't exist, ghosts don't exist, this does not happy, you shouldn't be talking about this. So, you know, but until the internet really came around, I really thought I was going insane. Yeah. And then when I saw that book, I was like, man, you know, th- there's, there are more than 10 to 15 people that saw the exact same thing I did.
1: Oh, it's well known. So, yeah.
2: So, yeah, that definitely has, has, Something to back it up. I just really wish that I was up in that area because you know what? Now that I now that I have the equipment, I would be there every day. You know, I would be trying to. I mean, that was one of my that was one of the coolest places I had to experience to, to to go to when I was little. I'd go up there and get the grave rubbings and gravestone rubbings because there were some really interesting people that were that were buried there in some very old graves and, and the types of epitaphs that they have. It was just really neat to be in. So you know that's probably where I'd spend most of my time if I was up there today, and I would definitely be doing a lot more uh, investigations there.
1: Well, I, I, that 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 maybe I'm sure that that's the case, because um, in the old days the most equipment we had was was an old reel, you know, not a reel-to-reel tape recorder. We're in, I don't go quite, quite that far back, but a old cassette recorder and a couple of cameras. Um, I don't know. So you you put some stock in this in this uh, in the gadgetry that's commonly used. I don't think people really understand it, and I, I don't know. What, what what say you on that?
2: Well, as far as EM, EVPs and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to to dis, to uh, disprove that because you are getting something there. But sometimes they're so faded, it is hard to understand. And and then you kind of wonder was that just something that's, that's coming through you know many 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 distances away. You know, maybe, maybe you're picking up something that you shouldn't have been picking up, you know, just a conversation. It's kind of hard to really tell. But on the other hand, uh, like cold spots and, EV and and electromagnetic fields and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to prove because we don't actually know that that's a spirit. It's just a theory. And, you know, when you, something kind of floats around with an, with an EMF or something like that and you get these weird readings and stuff like that, it has some validity to it, but I can't prove that that's a spirit.
1: Well, I, I don't even know if I believe in spirits in that sense in most worlds. I, I don't know. I think, again, we're dealing with it. Th- I've had physical altercations with poltergeists and things like this, things that are just too physical to, to, to for the old you know, 19th century spiritualist days to explain it, in my opinion. You know, before we leave the subject of residual hauntings, one of the reasons I, I kind of reject that theory today, and that might be wrong of me, there's, there's no reason why there couldn't be such things, I mean all things if they're conceivable, they're possible, is that I've managed to interact with things that were reputed to be residual hauntings and I've managed to change them and the opposite of a residual haunting is supposed to be what what is known in the parlance as an intelligent haunting in other words the thing uh, you know which is more than just a recording it's an actual entity but i mean i just um i don't i just have my doubts about it but anyway um, moving on to the uh the the notion of of cemeteries i have usually found cemeteries because there are cemeteries and there are cemeteries i've usually usually found them to be very Peaceful places, and I particularly enjoy the ones here in New England with the old epitaphs and things like that. And being a historian under another hat, uh, I'm interested in the people. You know, what, what what were they like? You know, how how they were really like us and in some ways, not and others in others, and all this business. But when you're in the presence of a dead body, even if it's just at a wake or something, the person's not there. You know, it's just, and I don't, I don't know why anybody would hang around a cemetery. I've never really, really found that. I found that what they're hanging around, in my experience, is the places they used to live. And again, they're not hanging around. They're still there, still living there. That, that's my experience. And I'm thinking of several cemeteries, other cemeteries in Connecticut. So th- anyway, th- those are just thoughts. So um, yeah, you can comment on that if you wish, or, or that we can move on to the, uh, the notion of the, the, uh, the demonic uh, event that happened to you
2: well see that's what i like about the the ability to investigate because of the fact that you were actually able to work with something that was considered residual and it actually became something maybe a little bit more intense so that's why i like yeah that's why i like the that's why i like the ability of of really investigating things because i don't believe that every place that i see is, is haunted i just don't believe that um I don't believe that a lot of these orbs are considered spirits and everything like that which is also kind of like a residual. Everybody says, "Oh, there's an orb, so guess what, it's a ghost." Well, we can't prove it's a ghost. Well, so that's another thing that, that I have that I have dealt with, but I also I also believe that yeah, a lot, a lot of times I've been to cemeteries, they're very 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 peaceful. Um, I had one here that it was kind of a weird thing cuz I walked in the place when I was in my junior year of high school, and it's it's not the greatest little cemetery. I mean, it's got like maybe fifteen stones in it and stuff like that, but it's very peaceful. But this one particular hap particularly kept calling me, and I didn't understand why. And I picked up the paper uh, in November of last year, right after my birthday, and found that in this particular cemetery, there was somebody that was killed by. It's like kind of like a like a um, uh, Oh, what's that famous that that famous feud that was going on in, in Tennessee area. Oh in, the Hatfields the and the McCoys? Or? Yes. Yeah. It was very similar to that and and this guy had been killed and his father carved this curse on the back of his cemetery stone.
1: Nice
3: guy. And
2: it was to curse the other people. So I mean that one kind of brought me back there and I couldn't I can could never understand why but I couldn't really read the stone because it was very old. It's just like the one from the uh one's up up in New England it was you know it's kind of like a like a uh, lime rock, and it was really faded, so it was really hard to read it, and I never could understand Oh, the sandstone. What it was. Yes,
1: sandstone. Oh, that, in the Connecticut Valley. That's terrible. I have my ancestors. I can't even read their stone.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, I, I could kind of see that there was something written there, but I didn't know what it said, and, and then one of the living relatives said that this is what happened here. So that kind of brought it back to where there's like a, a different energy in, in that particular cemetery. But even some of the w- most wicked cemeteries that, that, that look scary up there I always found it to be very, very peaceful.
1: Yeah, okay, well, all right, well, that's, that's fine. Well, let's move on from that. Now, I'm curious about this, this uh, demonic experience. Uh, could you talk talk about that?
2: Yeah, this is something that really kind of happened to me when I was in one of my lowest points of my life. I had just gotten over this horrendous case of uh, chickenpox. The doctors actually wanted to hospitalize me, and the, um, the school wouldn't let me back into school for about two months because I looked so bad. The other thing that I had, I was going through a confirmation class with my with my religion. Um, I was going to be confirmed with the Lutheran religion, and my parents were also divorcing at the same time. And I was just getting ready to to get out of eighth grade, going into ninth grade. So there's a lot of transition, a lot of weird things going on in my life. Mm. So this is the perfect the perfect chance for anything like this to happen to happen because. You know, you're, you're weakened and you're happy. You're down. You're high. Everything that could have happened to you was happening to me at this point in time. So, what ended up happening was it started off with just a shadow, and the shadow. I mean, just it just gave you this this worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. I mean, it was just like pure hatred. And it would come out at nighttime. It was it was sitting in my room, and then it would just kind of disappear in the morning time. And as, it, as time grew, it started to get a little bit more uh, interactive with me. I was waking up with letters carved on my chest. I was waking up with hand marks around my neck that were actually bigger than my hand and and uh, and bigger than my father's hand. Um, I was having you know tremendously large uh, scratch marks down my down my back. I was having nightmares. I was getting it was really getting bad. And then it got to the point where the thing actually picked me up and choked me. Uh, one night it was like holding me up against the wall to the point where i couldn't breathe i really thought i was i was going to die and there's nothing i could do to fight it you know i I didn't know i I couldn't reach out and grab this thing and fight fight back and then it then i fell back on my bed thought i was going to die and then and then when i had almost no energy it did it again and then it and then it put me down and and then i got to the point where i just fell asleep because i was too i was too weak uh, from from this torment
1: and you would have been 11 12 years old maybe at this time
2: yeah i was just, just around 13. I was actually a little bit older because when I started school up there, I was five. But down here, you had to be almost six. Okay. So when I came down here, they held me back a year. And um, I never told anybody, but everybody saw some of, a lot of the stuff that was on me. And my friends actually encountered the same thing, too. And I have, I had a friend that I brought over. I, I, I completely said and went against my own will that my better judgment that i would bring these that i bring my friends over and one time i decided to bring him over for a sleepover this kid was about six foot three and almost 250 pounds at the time and he was in and, and it was mostly muscle and he was in eighth grade and he saw the thing and i said just don't just ignore it And he's like i can't ignore it he goes how are you making this shadow how are you doing this and it really was getting him upset because he thought it was playing a trick on him I said, it's not me. I said, look, I'm waving my hands. It's not doing anything. He goes, I don't know how you're doing that. So he threw a shoe at it to see if, to see what would happen. And when he when that thing hit, it threw him up against the wall, choked him out, and then threw him down on, on the ground just like it did me. And then's when I really realized this thing's got some sheer power because it not only did that to me, but this kid is like twice my size. At my at that point in time, I was maybe 110 pounds wet, and I was about five foot six if i was you know give or take an inch and this kid just towered over me and it threw him around like it was nothing and that really scared that was where it really got a little bit scary and then after that what it was starting to do it was starting to talk to me and it wanted me to do some bad things to my parents and do some bad things to my friends and i just got to the point where none of my friends even wanted to come over because a lot of them experienced it not necessarily to that extreme like what my friend did but they experienced some things too and they didn't want to come over anymore
1: do they ever experience these things in their own homes or just your house
2: Just my house.
1: Okay. Uh, Can you describe the house and where it was located?
2: Yeah. um, Originally, this was in Lake Padgett East, which is in Land Lakes, Florida. It's just a little bit shy of, a little bit north of uh, Tampa and Hillsborough County. And uh, the history of the place was it was mostly orange groves at the time, but there was a lot of Seminole Indians that lived in the area, so there was a lot of things that, you know, a lot of the settlers that would come down from the north to get to Tampa would cut through Land lakes to get there. So there was, a lot of, there was a lot of ambushes and stuff like that. Now, was there a civil war or, or a seminal war or anything like that that happened on there? I don't know. Um, there, I never found, like, any arrowheads or anything like that, but, you know, there is a possibility that that was there. That could have been sacred land. I just don't know.
1: Well, that may or but may I, not you be relevant. That, no.
2: Exactly. Um, and yeah. then, and then there was some, uh, there was a girl that was killed in front of my house, uh, like, uh, actually, uh, not in front of it, but like a couple houses down, like maybe two houses down. She was walking home from school one day. She was not a very liked person and somebody had run her over maliciously with their car about four years before I moved in there. So that, that could have had something to do with it, may not have had something to do with it. I'm not 100% sure. But I know that that's, the house is kind of like a, it's, it's maybe 1,300 square feet total. Um, it was pretty new. It was built in, 19, in, 18, in um, 1980-something, I think, like, 83 it was built. So kind it was kind of new at the time when I moved in there, about 10 years old.
1: Okay. Uh, actually, uh, Jason, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 a.m. in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with Jason Dowd. Stay with us.
0: April is Business Month on ON 1240 WON One Socket Radio. Each weekday, we will spotlight a different local Blackstone Valley business. Keep track of the different businesses on your own, or pick up the Valley Breeze and use the convenient calendar in the WON ad. It's your chance to win $200, $100, or a $50 shopping spree at one of the participating businesses. At the end of the month, Mail the list of businesses to W O O N Radio, 985 Park Avenue, Woonsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. Or bring your list to the station. Or email the list to joe at Woonsocketradio.com. We will choose three correct entries to win the shopping sprees. ON 1240 O O N Woonsocket Radio salutes our local businesses with our ON 1240 O O N Business of the Day Spotlight during the month of April. ON 1240 O O N reminds you to always buy local.
1: All right, and we're back already, Behind the Paranormal. And we're talking to Jason Dowd, author of A Haunted Soul, A True Story of One Man's Struggle with the Paranormal. Now, Jason, getting back to this demonic activity here, something we would refer to as a parasite attack, I would say more or less, in my experience anyway, that you were probably, being the age you were, and with all the ducks lined up, you might might have been ringing the dinner bell for one of these things. Tell me about your family. Have they... A history of psychic abilities or paranormal experiences or UFO, anything you can think of. Is that uh, something that goes back in your family at all?
2: It kind of does, but I didn't really know it at the time. I never talked about it. Neither did my parents. But as, later on, I realized that my mom had actually been a little bit more sensitive to things. And she was like that from, like, the 1970s uh, and stuff like that. They actually went to one of the colleges out in um, out in, uh I think it was East Hartford or West Hartford. I'm not sure. And they took a picture and they actually caught the face inside it, it was not like a like a, a made out of the branches. It was an actual gray face in this in this polaroid and they actually sent that to the Warrens a while back. And then my mom and my dad went to um it's Jones's Antiques up in Massachusetts and they bought a bed. And when my mom brought that bed home and they started sleeping in it the first night that they were there she kept feeling like something was like Squeezing the life out of her and and screaming in her in her ear and she just couldn't sleep. So my dad got rid of the bed, got rid of the problem. So uh, you know I think my mom has a lot has a lot of uh, sensitive abilities to it. Um, as far as psychics, I believe that some people may have been like that on my father's side, but my father's side is very tight knit too. So. Mm. I don't really know too much about my father's side of the family, except for maybe my grandfather. I mean, I know what they've done, and I know who they've been in life, but I mean, as far as talking about stuff like that, they never really were very open to that kind of thing.
1: Well, the reason I ask, first of all, let me me pause right now to give uh, everybody our our, uh, phone numbers. I always forget to do that, and people think we don't take calls, but we do take calls if you'd like to talk to Jason. Uh, or myself this evening, uh, it is 800-449-1240 from the U.S. and Canada, or locally 401-766-1240. So call in if you'd like and ask Jason some questions. So Jason, the reason I ask about your family is because uh, very often I run into uh, these parasitical or demonic entities, as they're popularly called, uh, that have have sort of fed off certain families for generations, and uh, also uh, s- separate maybe from that is the the idea that i've found too that, that and that is well known that uh, the so called psychic abilities will sometimes run in families as well. Uh, ben and I often and I look at ben 's abilities and I look back with a uh, some bit of trepidation that we're direct descendants of Hyano the uh, um, Wampanoag sachem uh, and, and uh, probably the most prominent shaman on the east coast and the uh, early colonial times, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's the reason I ask that. Now, as far as um, uh, other events, have you yourself ever had other paranormal experiences? We find that they're related. Uh, Popularly, you know, ghost, demonic, even UFO stuff, and it's, it's all kind of related. Have you ever had a UFO or a Bigfoot experience, anything like that?
2: I wish. <laughs> no, I
1: you think, don't. Um,
2: I, I kind of... Bet, I kind of I, I don't know about UFOs. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the verge of them, but it seems like every time I've ever talked to the people that they have it, it's like only certain people see it, and I don't understand why. But that doesn't mean that I That's I because of the it.
1: parallel world thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I My would kind of like to be able to see that. You know, I would kind of like to see it. I don't know if I don't w- I wouldn't want to be, like, sucked up a one, but I would like to see one and just to say that I have.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I've searched for Bigfoot, but I've never found a Bigfoot. Um, Nor have I. <laughs> I, I, actually I think I know some. for I mean, one of know some. They have they have these things down here called swamp monkeys, mm. and uh, they're supposedly gas. But I don't know. I mean, I've I've never seen one. There's been a lot of swamps down here, but I've never seen one running around. But you know, that's a little bit, bit of that uh, cryptology and stuff. But um, as far as other paranormal experiences, I have had some. In fact, I've had a lot after my friend died and after my my grandmother died. Um, it took me a little while, but eventually my grandmother started to come to me. But when she started to come to me, it was a little bit more for help, not not so much just because she's she's with me or anything like that, or like I'm am in her house. But she was actually coming to me and giving me the type of comfort and advice that I needed, which actually t- t- panned out to be good advice.
1: Oh yeah, so, they're very you know, they're very positive you, experiences sometimes uh, when these things occur. Exactly, it was. Yeah. A, I
2: mean, I love when my grandmother comes and sees me. I mean, me and my grandmother were very close in life, and I you know it killed me that she died, but. I knew she was so sick that it didn't bother me as much as, I, as it should have because I knew she was ha- happy and healthy. You know, and I I watched her sit here and suffer and just wither away before everybody's face I knew mm. she was in, in complete pain. So in many ways I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to hold on to it and be and be selfish because I knew that she needed to be where she needed to be to be healthy. But um, you know, it did kill me because I do miss her talks. I do miss talk, you know, being with her and learning from her and watching her smile and stuff like that, those are the things I really do miss from my grandmother.
1: Sure. Uh, now, getting back to this negative uh, experience, this negative entity with, you know, throwing people against the wall and all the business, was there, did the rest of the family notice this? Was there poltergeist activity attached to, attached to this or what? Just
3: you I, and, you and know your friends? It really
2: didn't do too much just to anybody else in the family, but it was my parents are going through a divorce, and I truly believe that it was working that type of an angle like it was
1: trying yeah, to I think to you're
2: right. my parents up
1: probably
3: and
2: you know they may have not been able to see it because they were so wrapped up in what was going on there my brother was never around and he was you know always out with his friends but he did see some things that happened in my room where like one time he came in thinking that my uh that i was sleeping in bed and when he went to go touch my my covers they collapsed down because they actually had like a body like a like a um a shape of like somebody laying there yeah uh, on their side And um, after that, that never happened to him again. But they all saw the letters on my chest, and they kept asking me why I kept doing that. And they kept thinking that, you know, I was self-mutilating myself, you know, out of out of frustration. And I wasn't. Um,
1: Well, yeah. When you say these things were carved on your chest, could you explain that? I mean, what what, uh, carved with what? It actually gouged into the flesh and and pain and all this business. What? what,
2: uh... Ironically. Ironically, I never felt anything. I would wake up with it, but it looked like somebody took a knife and just drew a letter in my chest. And it, it, it was different letters all the all the all the time. It was never like a specific letter, you know, like an A or an M or anything like that. They had different letters, and it was never constant. So, you know, I may have one one week and not go and go two weeks without anything. And then that and then the third that third week that 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 uh, comes up, I'd have two letters carved in at two different times. But it would go away almost as fast as it would appear. So, like, if it happened on a Monday, by, like, Tuesday night, it was gone.
1: Well, that's funny. I'm glad you, you didn't write them down, because I've been addressed by these things in Latin, Greek, Egyptian, Sumerian, French, English, and even Malay. So, from wow. one case to that's another. Cool. You know, well, no, well, it really wasn't, because uh, a lot of it was, it was possession involved. It was not a pleasant experience. Sure. But in any case, um, when did what was the duration of this event? Now, uh, did it did end?
2: It did end eventually. Um, it, it started in towards my eighth, the end of my eighth grade year. So I'm going to say it was probably around like December or January of 93. And it ended right before I started ninth grade in 94.
1: Okay. Now, how about subsequent to this? Um, it, it was, obviously, you don't live in the same house, do you? Mm-hmm. you, you um. You,
2: no, I don't live in that same house anymore. We moved shortly after my parents divorced. And so that happened in 90, that happened in 94, early 95. But this was actually gone before that happened.
1: Okay. Did anything happen after you moved? I mean, did this something, did these things persist in your life?
2: I was actually able to see a little bit more energy from people. And I was actually, you know, I go actually walk down the street and I can tell when I'm near somebody that's just not Pure of heart, or they have uh, malintentions. Um, I was actually able to see auras, and I was actually able to read people a little bit more intensely than I ever had before, and that really kind of freaked me out because I didn't like that. You know, I go into a room and I could, if I shook somebody's hand, I would know everything about them, and I'm like, man, I can't do this. You know, it just I didn't want it. I didn't want to do this, and I actually thought I was possessed from it afterwards.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah,
2: but come to find out, it really wasn't a possession that uh, that happened to me. It just. The, the, the energy and, and the, the the ability that I went through, I think actually just enhanced a natural gift that I already had
1: well th- that, that's, that could very well be true. Uh, I find that these uh, what we refer to as psychic abilities are actually survival instincts that were present with our ancestors that you know uh, without which we probably would never have survived as a species, just as an animal. Would know that something's watching it, or it's being preyed upon, or something like this. It's uh, the same thing with people, I think. As I say, I don't think our species would have uh, survived its infancy if we'd had not had those abilities. And now, when they come out, we're all, you know, whoa, you know. But anyway, okay. Um, what? Uh, and I'm going to give a bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, I, I, we always, Ben and I, always advise people not. To go out and seek these things everybody's into uh, ghost hunting a term that i detest by the way and all this business and there is as if it were, were collecting butterflies or something and it is the the dumbest most dangerous thing you can do if if the paranormal comes to you that's one thing but if to go and seek it out is something that ben and i really advise against so as we talk here don't uh don't start making plans to run to a local cemetery. That's my advice anyway. All right, so um, what did this do to you? Oh, yeah, I know what I want to ask you about. This this mirror business, uh, what was that about with this, this entity?
2: Well, see, that's what was really interesting, because when this was going on and, it, and it, when it finally settled down, um, I actually had one of the greatest dreams I've ever had and it was almost to the point where I had to really question myself to see if this is real. I'm like, did this really happen? Because it, it was so real. I could smell everything, I could feel everything, and I never forgot it. Mm-hmm. And um, what it was is this girl appeared to me in the mirror and she was, actually became one of my best friends. And I had an instant attraction to her. And I mean it was just like it was just like a uh like a sister or or a or a friend or something like that that just really i i really wanted to be around with this person so in the dream what i did is i figured out i said she said that she was cast in there by her parents i'm like well how could your parents do that you know unless they were witches and um i said can you break this the spell she goes no but she goes what you can do is um you know come to this mirror all the time so what i did is i went out and got another mirror i said can you appear in here and she did and i took her around we became the best of friends and it was like that connection that i needed now, how old and, were you um,
1: when that happened
2: that was right after the demon experience before I moved out of that house. So that was probably, I was like 13. And um, and so actually when I woke up, I, I actually went out and got a, a Lake George. Uh, I had a Lake George mirror that I bought when I was younger and went camping up there. And it had like a little sleeve in it. I carried it everywhere. And I always tried to see, look in this thing to see if if I could see the this, this spirit. Because I'm like, man, I really want to see this. And uh, it never happened again, but it was probably the happiest Place I've ever been to. I mean, I actually felt whole for the first time, and I went through my entire life feeling like something was missing, and um, it finally made sense to me later on down the line. And in 2010, I got my answer of what of what that ghost was.
1: Okay. Well, what was the, what was the answer?
2: Well, when I was born, I was born a twin, and I did uh-huh. not know it was a twin. And I was actually a fraternal twin. I had a twin sister. And from the time when I was very young, I knew what it was. I knew what it felt like to be buried in, in, in a casket. And I shouldn't have known that. I knew what it smelled like. I knew what it felt like. I knew how cold it was, and I knew what the sound felt like. And that freaked me out. And um, yeah, after I the demonic entity that. that, after the demonic entity that I that I fought with, this girl appeared to me and, and was comforting me. And I believe it was the first time when my spirit on Earth was actually able to touch. This other spirit in this other world. It was the first time she was able to communicate with me, and I had talked to a, a lot of other, a, a lot of uh, psychics afterwards that told me that I had a sister, and that she was trying for years to communicate with me, but was never really knew how to break that down because I was trying to black block out all these other things that I could talk to and see spirits, and she was trying to use that to talk to me. So, um, you know, I went through my life always wondering what this what this missing void was in my in my life. And then all of a sudden, everything made sense, and I didn't feel whole I didn't feel uh, whole, like I had a hole anymore. I actually felt, you know, complete. I, I, I felt like uh, I could, like I, I could, I could touch the world, and and it, it, my whole entire life finally made sense to me. And ever since then, I was actually able to see this girl again, and I have been able to communicate with her for many, many years. That's uh, like,
1: extremely interesting. Uh, it's also yeah. rather common. Uh, I'm dealing with a case of that right now in my own family uh now it's interesting that when you uh saw and communicated with her she was the same age as you right
3: mm-hmm,
1: she wasn't a, she wasn't a newborn baby did, did, did no she, she
3: was
1: not okay so uh see th- this again is more arrows on the quiver in my opinion of of the idea that you're not dealing with a dead person you're dealing with somebody in a world in which she never died and in which she's very aware of her brother that's exactly what we're dealing with right now uh very interesting and it's it's still relatively common I always advise you, you have to take steps to make sure that what you're dealing with is really what it claims to be, especially yeah. in the wake of the negative uh, the negative and demonic yeah. experience that you had before that. Now, again, you're the only one who can answer that. But I always yeah. uh, advise, you know, just don't, um, um, well, as it says in the letter to John, you know, don't believe every spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, in Greek, it says "Don't believe every spirit." In English, it's usually translated "Don't trust every spirit." So, I, anyway, uh, but t- you know, take take that for what it's worth, which is a, a, which is, I think, quite a bit. So, but th- but that's extremely interesting. So you have an ongoing relationship.
2: Yes, I do, and and I, it has taken a lot of time because I don't, I didn't want to just jump in to believe everything. You know, I mean,
3: yeah, I you have to There's always a
2: the possibility this thing could come back, and if it, and you know, like like everybody says, demons follow you. So just moving away from your house isn't going to isn't going to take care of the problem. So well, I was sometimes always, I was does, a little skeptical about that, but in 2009 though it kind of it kind of made sense a little bit more because I actually had a uh, a hypoglycemic coma, and I actually passed away. Um, that happened when I was in my car, and it was like over 100 degrees, like 100 probably 120, 130 degrees. That would,
1: that would kill me car. without any kind of coma. All right, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and so I was so I was like. I could actually see myself dying, I could feel myself dying, but there's not a thing I could do about it, because I could, I had complete senses of everything that was going on, but my body wouldn't work. And I actually cooked myself to death. So I know what it feels like to be an animal or a baby that's trapped inside their car with the windows rolled up in the dead of summer. You know, I know what it feels like. And, uh, I eventually passed away, and when I, when I came into this other world, I was, I was confronted by this girl. She goes, you're not supposed to be here yet. She goes, I cannot let you go through. And I said, Well, I want to be here. This is this seems so much better. But it was like looking into my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, and she grabbed me and she she brought me. She goes, everything will make sense later. And then I was brought back and I woke up outside of the car. The car was still locked. The keys are still in the ignition. And I was outside of the car. No windows were broken. I don't know how it happened. It had to be a guardian angel, because there's no way. There's no physical way that there. I could have walked out of that car, without changing anything and having all the the doors still locked Mm -hmm. but when i woke up about six months later is when i found out i had a twin sister and so that was like the first time i actually got to see her because i'm sitting there i'm sitting there looking at her and it was the same girl in the mirror and she actually brought me back to life to say look you can't be here yet you have you have other things to do
1: very interesting everything you've described is very beautiful uh, except for the demon. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, it, it, it's, a, they're classic multiverse experiences in in our opinion. Uh, you know, you're dealing with, with, uh, real people and all this kind of thing and, and, you know, forget the spiritualism because that's not what it's about in our opinion. But th- that's really interesting. We, uh, very often run into, uh, siblings and children who were never born in this reality or realm but, but were in many others and, the, uh, love kind of overcomes all that and the connections remain. People meet, meet my wife and I and they often, and we have the two sons, Ben and his older brother, and they say, oh, you have three children, don't you? And we, we would have, but for a very tragic miscarriage early in our marriage. And, uh, but we do have three children. We feel the presence and we, we even were going to name him Gregory and we still say that Gregory is there and we, we feel him around and he, he kind of, helps and takes, he's, he's wherever he's doing it from is a world where he's aware of us and and those those connections remain. And and when you get down to the whole thing, we really are one another, not just in our families, but quite literally throughout the biosphere. And that's the great thing about the paranormal. I think it's sort of a key to understanding that. So, um, okay, actually, uh, before we run out of time here, I wanted to give you a chance, Jason, to talk about uh, the book and website and where people can find out more about you. Because if you're a very well-known artist and photographer as well.
2: yeah. Um, actually, the book came about because a lot of the things with the paranormal that I was dealing with, I was bringing out in the artwork and trying to and trying to picture for people what I was actually seeing. Like the death to yesterday was actually came. It was a dream that I that I experienced after my best friend had committed suicide. And people are like, why is this so dark? And I'm like, it's really not. You're not looking through it the way you should be. And that's what way a lot of a, a lot of the stuff that happens in life is. You know, we see something, but we don't look into it to see the real meaning behind it. And that was one of the things I was, trying to, I was trying to come through. And I'm like, well, as opposed to trying to explain everything uh, you know, to a million different people at different times, how about I write a book about it? And, I, and, and it was to take some, some pieces of my artwork that told a story to under, help them understand why I got to this point. So that's really what the book was all about. Um, the book has some of my artwork. It, it, it walks into my paranormal, and it explains the, the dream that I was buried alive, the death yesterday, the the uh, Green Lady Cemetery experience, the girl in the mirror, and the, the demonic experience, and how I got rid of it.
3: So that's okay. pretty
2: much what the whole thing was, and how I got to the where I am today with the artwork and the, and the paranormal investigating, and my my intense uh, intrigue over the paranormal.
1: All right, and what's your website?
2: My website is uh, Dowd Studios. D O W D S T U D I O S com. You can get the book there, you can see all my work, and I'm starting a new uh, line of artwork, which is uh, going in the vintage uh, style. I love vintage photography, and I'm trying to recreate it as much as I can because I truly believe it's a lost art and it's a lost uh, time when when things were really, you know, different. And, and it, a lot it, to me, it, it brings comfort. Mm-hmm. So I hope people will enjoy them.
1: Good, very good. Okay, well, just want, we've still got some, some time. I wanted to go back to a question that... Um, uh we were talking about before and that's the mirror again and i found a lot of strange things about mirrors uh, i think probably because they affect our consciousness but uh, if unless i'm mistaken i think you mentioned in the book as i was able to glance through it th- that there was a point where, where there's a demonic entity trapped in a mirror and we heard about yeah. your sister a very positive experience from a mirror a- am i wrong about that w- was there an experience you had with it with a demonic entity in a mirror or, or am i misreading no that?
2: um when I actually fought the demon, and it, w- it actually went away really easily, which kind of shocked me, but I used the Bible. And when I used the Bible, it was, to me, I pushed, the, I pushed the Bible up against the wall where the shadow was, and the thing just went right through me. And it went right, I-, I could feel it go right through my foot into the floor. And it was the most intense feeling I had ever had. I'd never felt that much hate, pain, agony, and whatever when this thing went through me and then what what my perception was with with the artwork was the demonic entity was my my sister was helping me fight it on the other side. Yeah,
1: I often see and, that. Ancestors helping. So what I did oh.
2: was I used a mirror because I because I I couldn't really duplicate, you know, everything getting sucked into a bible where I was shooting this thing. So I improvised and the bible was the mirror. And there's a lot. I've done a lot of research on things. You know, people actually draped things over mirrors because if somebody had died in the house, because they didn't want the the soul of the lost one to see themselves in the mirror and get trapped. There's a lot of different Is lot of wrinkles about yes. that. All right. But when this thing got trapped in there, that's what I used to to portray the Bible.
1: Okay, interesting. So, as you as sensitive as you are. Did you, when you were in the presence of this 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 demonic or negative or parasitical entity, did you get the impression that it was alien in the sense of non-human, human, something different? What sort of being did you feel that this was?
2: Well, it actually showed itself to me one time, and it actually looked like a GQ model with a little bit of a nub on its head. Um, if you were walking down the street, it actually looked like somebody would trust 100%. But it was completely evil in its own in its own right.
3: Interesting. And
2: um, I truly believe that because it's like if you were if you were to go pick up somebody on the side of the street, who would you pick up? Somebody that's in a suit that looks really respectable or the guy that looks like he could be an axe murderer. So, you know, if it's trying to if it's trying to, to manipulate me and get me to do things I didn't want to do, it's not gonna come at me with its most intense form, but it was not human. I knew it was not him.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting because that's what we find too. That these in these parasite cases, they often will manifest, or, or uh, something will manifest around them that that looks like something, as you say, very innocent and very non-threatening. Like, uh, very, and there are certain, if you want to call them archetypes or common motifs in these cases, such as the little blonde girl and/or the little blonde girl with flowers in her hair. I mean, what could be more non-threatening than that? I run into that time and time again. There's also the guy in the checkered shirt, who who seems relatively benign. I've run into that, and uh, I think so. I think you touch on something that, that that's kind of interesting there. Uh, that these things, they're, they're there to eat. They're there to push buttons and feed off your energy, and they'll do it in any way that they can. Uh, you know, annoyance. Um, I don't know. It's it's really really interesting. So how about in recent times uh, has this stuff? Pr- Sort of pursued you further, or do you have? Do you continue to have experiences? Do you, I don't know if you have children, but if you do, do they have experiences? What's going on lately?
2: I don't have children. I wish I did, but in this time and age, it's probably best I don't because I don't know if I want to bring one in here. But that's another story. But the second part is that yes, I have. I continue to have experiences. I've walked into people's houses, and I've been. Able to just say, "Look, you got this, this, and this here," and and they kind of knew it. And even not even telling me anything about it, I was able to describe it. Um, I had actually walked in another house down here. It's called the May Saxon House, uh, May Stringer House, which is really interesting to look at it if you get a chance. It's there, over here in Brooksville. Um, a little two-year-old girl had passed away. Uh, the entire family was actually wiped out from from. Um, uh, malaria, uh, t- tuberculosis, and childbirth, and everything else. Hmm. And uh, one, uh... Frank Saxon, who moved in there, was a, was a uh, a Confederate hero, who was part of the KKK. Is one of the first drive-by shootings there. I've seen a lot of spirits in this place, and I have communicated with some of them. I've actually gotten them angry at me. And um, i there I was scratched. I had a scratch down my chest, and I had a handprint on my on my shirt and um it's a really interesting place, and uh if you get a chance to look about it, look it up as m a y dash stringer is one of the best ways to uh to look it up but it's a really interesting place, and I have had a lot of stuff happen to me there,
1: yeah. Well, we continue to 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 interpret in different ways, Uh, in my opinion. I've had physical encounters with with things like this, and I don't believe that anything that doesn't have a body can give you scratches and do all this stuff and talk to you and all this business. I think there's a physical component there. Just uh, probably time for one more question. Uh, On the matter of uh, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena, that's all the rage now among the the hobbyists with this, Uh, and I I don't quite know what to think about it. Have you obtained – do you go – you set about to obtain these EVPs uh, on recording devices, and if so, what do you what do you get, and how do you know it's legit and all this?
2: Well, some of it I was by myself, and what I would do is I would leave my, my recorder in and I'd walk away. I try to be very quiet. Um, so once in a blue moon, have I, I, I ever received anything where it actually communicated back to me and answered my questions, that's only happened one time. But I have picked up a lot of weird things, and when I had some other... Um, questionable things happened in my mom's house i put a an evp recorder in there and i caught some pretty interesting things one of them uh, said are you having any luck um like it was taunting me and the other one it was like this it sounded like a cat was being murdered but i never heard anything throughout the night i mean it was if you heard what this thing sounded like it would it would send you know chills up your spine because it just was not natural
1: yeah Okay. All right, Jason, that's just about uh, all the time we have. Uh, thank you for a very interesting conversation, a lot of food for thought. Uh, again, we interpret things differently, but, you know, what are you going to do? We 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 just don't know for sure. As uh, as our show says, everything you know is wrong, so <laughs> there we are. But again, the book, uh, Haunted Soul, A True Story of One Man's Struggle with the Paranormal, com. Check it out. Jason, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Have a good evening. You too. Okay. All right. Jason Dowd, everybody. Now, we suggest checking out our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can find out about Ben and myself. You can find out about guests, past, present, and future, and there are over 450 free podcasts. And you can help keep them free by buying my books on that site. I've written a number of books on this subject, and you can get them there. And you could also subscribe to our sometime newsletter. It's real late this time. comes out once in a while, but you can get it by subscribing there. Or you can apply to become a reporter for the show. Okay. Many thanks to our producer this evening, Steve Bianchi. And on our April 15th show next week, Ben will be back with us. He has no classes because it's a holiday in Massachusetts. And he'll be here to help us with an open line show in which we will deal with a very important subject we've been getting a lot of emails on lately, and that is suicide. Very serious matter. Uh, we had scheduled a show on zombies with Dr. Wendy James, but we're going to bump that to later in the month, so stick with us for the a show with some very important information on uh, this terrible subject of suicide. Uh, I've actually researched zombies in Haiti, so we'll see what we have to say. Okay, we're just about done here. Uh, check out our CBS show on April 14th in the Four Cities, and uh, we're out of time pretty much, but I'll give you the quote. Leave it this evening with one from that old sweetie Albert Einstein. It would be better if you begin to teach others only after you yourself have learned something. See you next week.
0: Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.